Hello there, and welcome back to the SWTVC podcast, the audio home of the SWTVC crew, and the ongoing push for the continued existence, expansion, and success of the heritage scale of Star Wars collecting. I'm Evan Freeze, or as you may know me on Instagram, at Mile High Ground, and today I am joined by my teammates, John, Tyler, and Lewis, so that we can talk about... Ooh, there's a little bit of a special anniversary, a big milestone this week at the time of this episode's drop. What could it be? Methinks Return of the Jedi's 40th anniversary. So uh, we've got a fun episode of chatting about ourselves and our history. Everybody loves that. Uh, but we're going to talk just a lot about Return of the Jedi. However, before we do that, uh, I just want to go around the room, say hello to you guys. It's been a while since we've all sat down to chat. John, how are you doing today? I am good. I recently rewatched the original trilogy in anticipation. Anticipation. I can't talk. Perfect. But I can watch Star Wars. And that's all we need here anyway, so it's good. <laughs> so I'm doing great. Hell yeah. Tyler, how are you doing? Yeah, you definitely don't need to talk on a uh, audio <laughs> audio podcast. Right? No, man. <laughs> that's nah. not important. Think it's the idea. Uh, yeah. I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh I got a got a piet in the mail. I know we're not on the mail call portion yet, but uh, super super stoked and doing all right, doing all right. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Lewis, how about you? I know it's late for you, so we always got to talk about time differences yeah, here. So it's not that late. It's still light out actually, so it's, it's starting starting to get dark slightly. But yeah, yeah. So no, it's uh, it's good here. I mean, we've had some lovely weather as well. So yeah, can't mind. I'm, I've had some figures in this weekend. So yeah, it's been a good week. Well, let's uh, jump nice. in. It sounds like we've all got stuff to talk about with mail call. So, uh, uh, Tyler, you mentioned you had Piet come in the mail. And, uh, yeah, you feeling good about that? I am feeling very good about it. Um, I have ordered a bunch through – I ordered the case and a bunch of singles through Entertainment Earth. Um, but, you know, they take forever and a half to ship things. So um, – and I was hearing that Amazon kind of had them. But then I was hearing they might not ship till June. And I was like – so uh, our good friend John Miko sent me a link for some random store that I've never used before. And he was like, order here. And I so I ordered one and I got it on Friday and uh, love it, love it, love it, love it. And your identity was stolen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever. My, you know, my social's gone, but at least I had my... Yet, so you know, yeah. somebody <laughs> took out a home loan. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, man. It's whatever. <laughs> um, I also finally got Paz in the mail. Yeah, you were trying to talk um, to us about it before we started recording. We're like, save it for the show. <laughs> yeah. So, um, don't get me wrong. Love the figure. Love it. Love it. It's uh, he's a chonky boy. Um, <laughs> did anybody else have a hard time? sort of posing uh and i'm usually not the guy that has a hard time posing things but did anybody have a hard time sort of accomplishing his two-handed like weapon holding pose i i i, I did it first because he's got like three different handles on the blaster i'm like where, yeah. where, what are we working with here but yeah. if you if you just base it off the pose on the box uh yeah. photo that's what i did yeah. i did that but like one of his grips kind of swivels the one on the top yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've had an issue with uh, two-hand, like, rifle grips, particularly with uh, a lot of figures. Not because of the figure themselves. The range of motion is really good on these things. It's unmatched of what we've seen before. Uh, but it's the the gummy rifles for not so not for pads because that's a bit of a chunky chunky. Yeah, weapon, no, so pads not that problem. But yeah, but yeah, it's like you know yeah, with Boba and uh, the clones and stuff where it's like I want to give them their rifle, but if I don't get the arms out in the exact right spot, it's just bending the rifle into mm -hmm. some yeah. Twizzler pose, and it's like ah man, I want my yeah. stuff to just be like straight and crisp. 
Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not these days. I, I, I'm still on my my policy of uh, you're gonna have to censor this, but zero for the rest of the year. Um, but uh, <laughs> well, I'll leave that in. We're allowed to say that. <laughs> uh, TM, but yeah. Um, the, the the noodle weapons does continue to be a problem that they they really have to address. They got to use a firmer plastic. Um, do, you, do you know what I noticed though on the recent? Uh, I know it's a dirty word, retro uh, for you, Tyler. But on the the, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the recent retro uh, weapons, they are like rock solid. Now I know they are sort of yeah. a bit bigger and they're not quite as detailed, but they're using a totally different plastic for those. So I'm yeah. not quite sure why. Yeah. Unless it is just because they are more detailed and intricate, that they're having to use a different plastic. I don't know, but yeah, they, they've got it right on them. Yeah, I'm we're gonna have to bring it up on the next yeah. like Q and A or whatever. I know John, you had mentioned that we 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 talk about retro because uh, we also are uh, crazy heretics that get uh, <laughs> get the retro stuff on top of TVC. Yes. Um, you you mentioned to me something that I didn't really notice was like a little three D print residue from uh, or leftover from. Uh, uh, the emperor in that return yeah. Jedi wave, and uh, I noticed that the Ben Kenobi uh, from A New Hope in the recent pack had uh, his lightsaber slot in his arm is curved, like they they curved his arm, so you have to slide oh, yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And you had mentioned <laughs> to me that like, oh yeah, these details are somehow softer yeah. than the the originals, which is strange. Uh, I don't have a lot backwards. of the originals. Yeah, but if you compare them, because I, I know that they three they you know digitally scanned a lot of the uh, original Kinner figures, but somehow if you compare them side by side, they're just like ever so slightly softer. I don't know what that is about. And I don't have the original. So this is a nice way for me to kind of add those to the overall collection, even though they're not vintage collection style or quality, obviously. Um, yeah, it's strange. And then on that point, not a mail call, but yesterday I did find the retro uh, Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones in short round. If we can go to Star Wars cousin for two seconds. Yeah. Bubblegate 2.0. Yeah, with yeah, 3.0, short rounds it's fall- three, 3.0. Sorry, yeah. it's been three rounds of bubble issues. <laughs> They're falling off. Oh, for, yeah. At least for a short oh, round. That's not, short on round. Mine, really? not on mine yet, but I've seen a lot of people like Jake I, from Forlum to Zuckus. Are they are the really flimsy cards as well? Like no, the Star Wars they're, retro. they're sturdy no, they're cards. Just, they are. Yeah, right. the, the first wave was really flimsy, but the second, the yeah. uh, Temple, and I know they, I guess they did a running change to make them a little sturdier, but the Temple of Doom ones are pretty sturdy. So it's yeah, it's very much just like the Black Series uh, three and three quarter ones from ten years ago now, where they were just falling off mm-hmm. the cards. I found four short rounds yesterday uh, while I was on my way home. I picked one up as an opener because it was already open for me. Uh, but at the <laughs> store, two of the other ones like just had bubbles hanging off, mm. and the other one, the bubble with the figure was just on the like shelf, and the wow. the card was hanging on the peg. Wow. Yeah, so, and the one that I got is like barely on. So, and there's no glue residue on the card from where it was. So, I don't know what happened with that figure. So, uh, if I could just go back to Piet real quick before I before I switched over to to um, pads, I meant to mention, you know, uh, the two things. Number one, um, the the reason why I sort of wanted to rush this figure in the mail was because I have. Um, uh, some of you know the the ones closest to me know that uh, I ordered um, some three D printed uh, uh, Thrawn armor and uh, helmet pieces and got them shipped all the way to Taiwan to be painted by somebody who's super good at painting things because I'm a I'm a psycho and paid way too much for it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> regardless, I wanted to, I wanted to buy Piet because obviously you know it's a safe assumption that 
Thrawn is going to be a, a retool of this figure. And so if it fits on Piet, chances are it should fit on Thrawn as well. Uh, and it's a nice, perfect fit. So I was very thrilled about that. Um, and I, I also tried this Piet um, sitting down because I have the uh, the conference room diorama. And I also have uh, a custom Thrawn um, command chair. And man, this figure sits really well. And I know that that sounds like a small thing. But when you've had Imperial officers for all these years that just have a straight up inability to do that, it's so exciting to finally have an imperial officer that can freaking sit down yeah. and it has nice uh flexible and, plastic and it's so nice. elbows as well yeah yes. yeah <laughs> i mean when you yeah. when you look at yeah. tarkin the the range of motion on his arms is like it's like 20 degrees <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like really bad um so and it, the, the last thing i will say is you know with the hat it doesn't look as offensive in person to me as it does in the in the pictures, I guess. Um, I want to just jump on that when you're done with this thought. Yeah. And just, so just looking at it straight on, right? Um, I will say that it's it's definitely maybe too wide. And what I mean by that is like the plastic that they're using, it seems like it's too thick. So like on the sides of his head, it sticks out a little bit because it's – it's not like a super thin snug plastic it's a little bit it's a little bit thick so if they could just sort of make that thinner i think it 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 wouldn't you know stick out on the sides quite so much and it would it would look better but um that's just my two cents anyway i i want to say so this whole wave i just finally actually found the i found them in walmart woo who knew that you could nice. actually find things in stores um other than lando <laughs> other than lando yeah oh, uh, i've got more stories about that from just yesterday and ooh, that's nuts denver wasteland sorry guys um the the whole wave i was a little nervous about because i'd seen some photos that were all less than flattering of the whole thing and i knew of all the complaints like the hat's too big the helmets are too big on hunter and the clone trooper I got them in hand and I haven't opened the clone trooper yet, but I have opened Hunter and Piet. Uh, and they, those figures do not photograph well because in hand, those two figures are fantastic. At least to me, I loved them even with a couple of the scale issues of the thin waist on, on Hunter and the slightly oversized helmet. It wasn't as pronounced as I was holding them and like posing them and just enjoying them for what they were. Yeah. Uh, but then I'd go and look at pictures and I'd be like, those look like completely different figures. Yeah. They don't look like what I'm holding. Like, why are these so hard to photograph? And it's yeah. it's frustrating. And I kind of like raise mm. an eyebrow, especially with the rise of uh, the rise of figure photography and how important that is in the hobby. I but I'm also not a photographer, so I'm not the person to talk to about I would, that. I would say as well Evan as you uh, seeing them all at celebration I think most of the people I was there with agreed that seeing those in those display cabinets they looked so much better and yeah. I, I would say that applies to pretty much every figure and uh, you know the mm -hmm. Han Solo Endor that we haven't got yet uh, which yeah. is now sort of coming out and people are people are picking it up um, but I mean that figure looked fantastic they had him in a couple of different displays in a couple of different poses and it looked great and I, I don't know if it's because you know these these are 3.75 scale aren't they and you you think what a camera picks up now, you know, with a HD cameras, I think sometimes perhaps it is just, it's pulling out detail that the human eye just can't see. Yeah. And I, I think that's what it comes down to is that, cause you can look at a likeness and think that likeness is amazing. And then you see, like you say, you see a photograph of it and you think, wow, that looks terrible. 
Yeah. And I, I just think it's what the human eye, the way the human eye picks it up differently. Yeah. Yeah, I I look at the Piet figure and I look at him like, wow, that look at the detail on that, the face print, like the bags under the eyes are there, but they're not pronounced. I look at a photo of it and I'm like, he looks like he hasn't slept in 48 <laughs> hours or like more than like three weeks, actually. And he just looks rough and the hat looks big. But in hand, it's like, dude, this makes sense. This looks right to mm-hmm. me. Like, so I don't know. I know that probably sounds like some kind of apologist stuff. Uh, but no, dude, the quality on these are nuts. And I, I I, just am a little leery of the photos now of a lot of these figures, like the new Han <laughs> that you mentioned. I, I look at it and I look at the photos and some of the in-hand photos of people having it. And I look at it and I'm like, it looks good, but you know, I'm still going to get, I can't wait to see it in person now. I'm more yeah. excited to see it in person despite the photos, if that makes sense. Like I can't wait to judge for myself and have that figure in hand because I I now have more faith in it based on this wave that I struggled with photos of and then looked at and was like, wow, dude. So totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to hijack that. Uh John, Lewis, you both have gotten stuff in recently. Uh Lewis, you mentioned something when we were Yeah. Uh, well, around. I mean it's funny enough talking about Hunter. That came in yesterday. So over here in the UK, obviously we get solid cases, and for some reason he was just not showing up. All the rest of the wave has been around for quite some time now. Um, but yeah, he finally started dropping on the on the retailers this weekend. So yeah, that one showed up. And I also got, I don't know if you guys have, have had him yet, but uh, Blitz. Mm-hmm. So again, Blitz came in this weekend, which um, I, I wasn't actually expecting it to come so soon. I think on my pre-order list, it was still a little way off. But that came from so Hasbro you, Pulse, that one. Oh, wow. So, do you have all three of those ARC Troopers now or just two? Uh, no, so I haven't got Colt yet. I've got yeah okay. Havoc, Havoc Blitz. Yeah, Colt's obviously the next one. I think that's actually earmarked for next week, though, um, on, oh, wow. on Pulse anyway. So which the uh, retailers. Yeah. Which havoc did you guys get over there? I don't. I can't keep track anymore. Um, it was the non-sort of bearded one that seemed to show up. Uh, I don't think it, the bearded one's shown up anywhere. My one came from from abroad. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I think that's all that's shown up is the shaven, if you like. Okay. So yeah, and yeah, and on top of those two, I also got the um the, the Disney Droid factories stuff. Yes. This way. So the, yeah, the, the I just got those set, today. And obviously the BBU. So yeah. And I'm quite. I'd be interested uh, if John's got any info on this one, but I'm quite excited about the R8 unit because it's something yes. that I, I genuinely thought. I looked at it in the box and I thought, have they put him in backwards? Have they put his head on around the wrong way? Because it's got quite an unusual, you know, dome on it where it hasn't got yeah. an eyepiece. Yeah. And and uh, doing a quick bit of nerdy research like you do, uh, it doesn't seem like R8s have have shown up anywhere else other other than I think Mace Windows was an R8 in name but not in not in style so yeah i don't yeah, know if you've got any info on that john well there was a lot of stuff in clone wars yeah where they were all r2s but they followed they i think they didn't want the characters to call them r2 because then kids would think it was r2d2 so they would give them r6 <laughs> r8 whatever <laughs> um starting with r4 and attack at the clones but uh, yeah they've done r8 figures uh in the parts bins at disney parks before right. r7 r8 and r did they get up to nine I don't remember. It's been a while. But yeah, it's been a while since they put mm-hmm. out an R8 in a set like this. Didn't get an R3 in this set, so that's my only gripe. But <laughs> I got those as well. I have more. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice to, you know, as we say, it's order something and then just it shows up a few days later, which is always a, a bit yeah, of an anomaly yeah. these days. But it, it is nice and they do look great. And uh, yeah, I've seen pe- pictures of people kind of mixing and matching all the droid color parts. You can kind of do more do like that. the... Uh, 
I can't handle yeah. that. My yeah. OCD, you can't, you yeah. can't change them up. Same. It's just, you, just, you look at them like that for are. a second, and then you put them back the way they <laughs> came, and then you're good. You would love the retro prototype figures. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, I'm still... I, got, I was checking on Entertainment Earth. I got my wave of the Hunter... Uh, got my case of the Hunter wave. It shipped on April 11th. So, I've had that... I was like the first person... Uh, it, among us anyway to get that wave and then I'm still waiting for openers for all the rest of them um, yeah. so I, I've only been able to open the guys that were doubled up in the wave which were Cassian and Hunter which I think are great figures and the hat on Cassian I think looks a lot better uh, mm -hmm. in person than it does in photos I think yeah. Piet's they just gave him a really big they gave him a five head so I think the hat's just big in general. So uh, I think yeah, it's a little over the top. Pull the cap off and look at his forehead. Five yeah. As a man that's always been wondering, what's a hairline since he was 17 years old? Uh, no, no judgment here. No shade. Well, so, well, those hats are obviously being made to be, you know, one size fits all, aren't they? So I'm assuming whoever we see that comes out is going to have the same hat. So you're probably going to find yeah. it's going to fit some better than others, just purely because the sculpt of the head's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also wait to go way back to Paz, but one of the things I really love about this figure is that you can store all the accessories on him at once if you want to. Yeah. You can have the blaster loaded up on his backpack and you can have the knife in his, uh, boot sheath and you can have yeah. the, uh, blast effects on his backpack as he's just kind of standing there. You can, I don't know, but it's nice mm -hmm. to have that kind of functionality. And I've you also can do that with Hunter too, right? Uh, there's no space for his little tiny blaster. But if you have him holding it. You can have him holding it, and then yeah, I have it right now. I think our friend yeah. Utah Don pointed it yeah, out yeah, that you can have his Don. you can have his larger rifle uh, connected to the backpack. Um, also opened up the ATST, the speeder bike, the indoor bunker. They're all great. They're all awesome. Uh, yeah, I Love still need to get those. I uh, I've been seeing a lot of speeder bikes and a lot of bunkers out in the wild now, and that's yeah, nice to nice. see. Um, Man, what freaking targets and WalMarts are you guys going to? I don't know crap out here. <laughs> yeah, man, don't I, worry, we won't remember, get the figures. But as you as you might remember, you know, I live in the in the Washington, you know, capital region where there's a freaking Target on every corner. It seems, mm, and there's yeah. nothing here. Just it's either nothing or Lando's and Kenobi retro, and I'm just like, oh, where's the stuff? Where? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Perhaps you've got a bigger concentration of collectors there, and so people are just clearing it out. But but Maybe. Hey, it's not hitting in the first place. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Perhaps I'll tell you. I'll tell you. And it used to be a gold mine here. I remember, you know, when when we had the waves with um, the Sith troopers and the uh, the Shadow Stormtrooper. I think it was mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And Yavin Leia. I remember I went to this one Target in. Um, in Arlington in Northern Virginia and it was just stocked with troopers and I took them all. <laughs> I took them all and I did not feel bad at all. I took them all. It was like 20 something troopers and I didn't care. I didn't care one little bit. I was like, you know what? You can buy more of them. I don't care. Monsters are real and they shop in the toy aisle. <laughs> it, it has never been that good since man. I'll say it. Uh, one more store find real quick before we move on is that I got yeah. the, the Kinner Deco Boba Fett. Um, a local friend of mine here found them at a Target. And then I, I looked on either Pop Finder or BrickSeek, whichever one's working this week uh, yeah. to tell you about the <laughs> stock. Um, and as I went there, I knew, I knew there were five left and there was one other collector looking as well. And it was on like, we were looking around the aisle. Then I had to scan Yak Face's barcode that he put up online. And then I found out that they were on an end cap, like behind 
on the back of the aisle in a different section um, by like the Barbies and stuff. And I was like, why is it back here? Why wouldn't you put this front and center? Um, and then the other guy had found the this display right before I did. So I couldn't quite compare all the cards, but it's all right. It's all right. Well, while we're talking about other collectors looking at the same stuff that we're looking at this this past toy run that i went on where i found absolutely nothing there was another gentleman who went to the exact same stores that i did because mm-hmm. i think I, I i can't remember if i went to the target first and then the walmart or vice versa but in either either way i ran into him both times so lewis is correct <laughs> that there's definitely collectors out there we shall call this man suspenders man because he was uh he was in his you know after work attire wearing his suspenders <laughs> And uh, he, was, he was like a middle-aged man, and um, I don't know if he was after Black Series or Vintage Collection or what, but I ran into this man at two different stores, Suspenders Man. So, uh, <laughs> Suspenders Man, if you're listening, better leave some stuff for me. <laughs> Suspenders Man sounds like a cantina character or something. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he belongs on a, on a Kenner card back. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he, he deserves 40 years of fan campaigns for a figure. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, speaking of things that were never as good as uh, before then, let's get back to talking about Star Wars itself. It peaked in 1983, <laughs> right? Um, we're here to talk about Return of the Jedi. I mean, that's it's a 40-year-old movie now, and uh, that, that can make some people feel old. It can make some people feel young. Um, some of us just kind of feel in between, caught in the ether, born between trilogies. Tons of fun. That was the best time. Okay, so uh, let's jump into Return of the Jedi here real quick. Uh, I do want to do something. Uh, John, we're going to go on the honor system here that you don't have it pulled up. Oh, yes. Uh, Do you know, because you are such an encyclopedic uh, resource for all things Star Wars, at least in my mind, hit us with the title (laughs) crawl for Return of the Jedi off the top of your head. You did give me a little time to think about this. So I I thought about it the other day and having seen it recently. Okay, you got to fact check me on this one. I will. I've got it up right here so I can follow along. All right, the first few parts are easy. Uh, Lucasfilm Limited, a long time ago. 20th Century Fox, first of all. <laughs> long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. All right, here we go. Luke Skywalker has returned to his home planet of Tatooine uh, in an attempt to rescue his friend Han Solo from the clutches of the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. Yes? Correct. Sounds right. But... Little does Luke know, the Empire has secretly begun construction on a new armored space station even more powerful than the sec- than the first dreaded Death Star. You only missed like one word there. Galactic all, all Empire. All caps, right? On, yeah. the, uh, on the Death Star. Death Star. No, all caps on Galactic Empire. <laughs> oh, that's what it is? Okay. Yeah. I'm a it big changes fan. Throughout, it changes throughout the capitalization. Uh, when completed, this ultimate weapon will spell... Is it certain doom or just doom? Certain, certain, certain doom, doom. Yeah. For the small band of rebels struggling to bring freedom to the galaxy. Is that it? Yeah, dude. Struggling to restore freedom. Restore freedom. Galaxy. All right. We got to restore it. It's already been there, but we got to restore little bed. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, dude. That's, there you go. That was Bye, good. Joe. That was good. Yeah. I'm sweating. I can't do too many more of them, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All well right. Focus on thank Luke you, Skywalker's you. returned somehow. What? Why'd you just do? Somehow we're supposed Luke to returned. believe that <laughs> in between yeah. movies? Show it, dude, or else how are we supposed to know? Um, <laughs> As I said, I did think it was funny watching The Empire Strikes Back recently, and they were like, we got to find Jabba and this bounty hunter. And then they go, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's at his Jabba's big giant palace on Tatooine, which apparently, <laughs> I'm assuming they did not 
have in mind when they wrote Empire Strikes Back, but whatever. It's one of these things we gloss over and act like it was all planned out from the beginning. So yeah. <laughs> George Lucas knew what he was doing from yep. day one, yep. day one. Um, you know what? We're going to, I'm going to call that a good time to throw in our first break of the show so that we can jump in a little more meaningfully into Return of the Jedi, get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. But uh, while we do our little break here in the magic of podcasting, uh, we're going to do a little bit for you guys to listen to at home. Uh, some wonderful peers and friends in the community have submitted uh, little audio memories of Return of the Jedi, and I will be peppering those throughout this episode. Uh, first up is going to be one from our friend John Miko of the Star Wars The Vintage Collection Facebook group. Uh, thank you, John, for sending that in. And when you are done listening to him regale you with wonderful nostalgia, we'll be back to jump in further ourselves. Hey, what's up, fellow Star Wars collectors? This is John Miko, and most of you know me from Star Wars, the Vintage Collection Facebook group, and at the far side of Endor, which is my Instagram handle. Uh, Return of the Jedi means so much to me, as many of you may know. Um, it's my favorite movie of the saga of all Star Wars. Um, I was born in 1980. For me, uh, the mid-'80s, movies were the ones I really first started remembering. Um, and we had, as many of us had back then, a lot of recorded from television, recorded from HBO, VHS movies, you know, the, the intro, the HBO intro itself to me is so nostalgic. Uh, and many of you are probably humming that in your, in your mind right now. But, uh, the two movies were Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Return of the Jedi. For whatever reason, we wore those out and I still can't get enough of them. They just mean so much to me. Um, and, you know, Return of the Jedi just means so much to me because, uh, again, you know, it's the whole story of a hopeless young young boy and man who finds himself, um, finds a greater purpose from himself for himself is an eternal optimist and, and leader. And I think, you know, many of us needed that when we were younger to just know that things are going to work out, things are going to be all right. And I'm meant for greater things. I'm meant to do good things. And the whole, you know, um, unconditional love, for his father and uh, his sister and his friends, and then just how they um, how they beat evil and how his father redeemed himself. To me, it's just a, a, a beautiful story. It's like a Greek tragedy, um, and completed the arc, and we got to see Luke Skywalker in his Jedi form that we were waiting for and hoping to see and i still want to see more of it to this day but that's what it means to me it really brings me back to again just throwing a movie in the vhs player kicking back and, and enjoying those those movies we hold so dearly to uh that bring us back to all those great memories so that's it that's my return of the jedi nostalgic story um thanks for having me on the show at swtvc boys greatly appreciate it and may the force be with all of you
<laughs> All righty, gang. We are back and we are talking about Star Wars, the beginning of the end when it got all muppety. Uh, <laughs> just kidding i uh on the break i was thinking about it how i'm recording this in my work office right now and i don't have any of my figures from the movie but i do have my original vhs copy of return of the jedi in here nice because uh, i do have them on display it's fun man it's fun i keep I, I keep forgetting to like read how they used to present star wars movies before there were more star wars movies and it's like yeah the empire is brought to its knees yeah they are it's over man we did it <laughs> the jedi returned when it was um, just the star wars trilogy before it was the original trilogy before it's part of the skywalker saga any of that yeah yep yeah. yep yep i still i still think fondly about the all the 2005 stuff where it's like star wars is complete revenge of the sith is out it's over go home yeah i think it was time magazine that had vader on the front and it was like the last star wars and yeah like, that's yeah. such a piece of history man but yeah, anyway yeah. but this was the first last star wars yeah this was it yeah you know, Return of the Jedi, let's, uh, 1983, 40 years ago, uh, if you do the math, some of us are in our 30s, so that doesn't work out that we were there. However, I want to go around the room and kind of gauge a little bit of where we were at in the world when it came out. Uh, and I'll start with someone for maybe an obvious reason, Lewis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Return of the Jedi, 1983, set the stage for us, man. Yeah, so I was seven years old. I'd only just turned seven. So it was a perfect age for me, I guess, uh, when this dropped. Uh, as I think I've said before, I have vague memories of seeing Empire in the cinema, but I would have been, you know, four going on five. Um, so for me, this was the film, I guess, that I was the right age when it dropped. It was the right time. And yeah, it was it was great. It was what everyone was talking about. Uh, and that's, the, I guess... For us, we experienced it very differently, and I'm sure you'll, you know, come on to that with, with your own stories. But, you know, for us, we experienced it as they dropped. So we had a three year wait between, you know, and I, I can remember it was a school ground, you know, the school playground kind of talk was that, you know, is he going to be Luke's father? Is, is Vader going to be Luke's father? Because although that was dropped at the end of Empire, it was never really 100% certain that he was going to be his father. And, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, well, he's a liar. You know, he's not telling the truth. He's just trying to have one over on him. And so, for three years, we had to wait to find the answer to this to this thing. And so now, you know, it's like when, you know, Mando season three finishes, people are like, oh, we've got to wait now and we've got to see what happens. But for them, we had that three-year wait as well. And and I think so for, yeah, that experience then was was all about that build-up um, from those two films was about, you know, putting everything, you know, getting getting it, uh, that closure on what this is all going to, you know, how it's all going to end, what's it all going to come to. So... Yeah, it's great. It, you know, you mentioned, so you were seven when you saw it, and uh, I think we're going to see a theme here, and I just want to go around the rest of the room. John, how old were you when you first saw Return of the Jedi? Seven. Yeah. Tyler? I honestly, I have no idea, because I, <laughs> I just, I don't remember It's just part of the, your fabric. Yeah. Like, when I wasn't a Star Wars fan, I, I just I just don't remember that, so <laughs> I have no idea. I, I could have been two, three, no, no impact, no idea, no idea. <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll definitely chime in and say that I was definitely six, because I remember getting the original trilogy. There's photographic proof of that, of when I was given uh, the OT um, uh, Christmas of 96. And yeah, dude, that was the first time I saw that. And it, it really goes back to that whole, 
Star Wars is for kids thing. Like, yeah, dude, we uh, there's there's a reason that we're all adult men thinking about something that we saw when we were children and just being like, yeah, that was better than how life turned out for some of us. But uh, yeah, dude, I get it. It's like it, it was formative. It, it was something that came out and just sparked our imaginations at such a perfect age. And that's what that's what I love to see with all of these Star Wars movies. I mean, hell, uh, being eight, nine 10, 11, 12 through what, 14, 15 when the prequels came out. Yeah, dude, of course that stuff was just jumping out at me as a kid. It, it was, and as an adult being able to watch, it's like, yeah, no, I'm still watching a thing with the narrative and there's stuff to enjoy here. But it's just that that pure adrenaline shot of sci-fi goodness right into a right brain. Like, yes, man, yes. <laughs> Does something, it reshapes the grooves in our brain when we're seven years old or something. I'm probably, not really sure what it is, but. <laughs> yeah, dude, re rewired things. Yeah. So Evan, do you remember actually watching the three, you know, in sequence and actually getting to, to return to, do you actually remember that experience? Yes, I do. Because yeah. I remember I watched them with, and it's vague memories. It's vague memories, but mm. some things pop out to me. Uh, the tapes, so I said that I had my original tapes. These are ones that I had gotten back. Uh, I had to rebuy because uh, I had the set. It's the, with the theatrical posters, but I had the Faces set was my first set. The 95 uh, release with the, the Leonard 95 Malton interviews. With Leonard Malton, because I remember those on every mm. single thing was like, who's this old ass? talking about this like i don't care <laughs> show me the pew pew like i want that uh, i don't care george who is this man like uh but no i do i remember watching those and my dad actually we didn't we didn't fast forward them i never fast forwarded those little interviews actually that's the fun mm -hmm. part so i still it's like seeing the movie without the fox fanfare on like the new films it mm -hmm. did something felt missing so when I, every time i watch the ot and they don't have the leonard Bolton interviews i'm like something's missing here um, <laughs> but uh yeah i remember very much watching those in in order and i i don't know how long it took it could have been uh, hours that we watched in between or months that we watched mm -hmm. them but i remember watching them with my parents i remember getting to the end of them and uh when return of the jedi ended being like are there more of these? Mm. Uh, no, child, there were not. Um, soon there would be, though, because that was, what, 97 that it was like, yeah, Phantom Menace is in production and we're going to be doing prequel movies or... So so if you, it sounds like you saw them for the first time just before the special editions came out. Just before the special edition. Mm -hmm. So Yub Nub was intact. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. all the Muppety stuff, all the yep. puppets, uh, you know, all the Jabba stuff was untouched. Uh, no concept of Hayden Christensen. Uh, and that's, that's not me trying to be an OT purist here because, you know, I, I, I respect what came after, but it does very much, you can kind of gauge folks of which version they saw first. And that's kind of, it's fun to think about that. A lot of, you know, uh, people in our, our age group are a little younger. Maybe I have friends that are my age that never saw pre-special edition ones. They still, they mm -hmm. don't know Yubna. Mm. They don't know oh what that gosh. is. Like it, it's, that's so it, crazy it's an me. idea to them. So, so. so I'm sorry, John. Can I, you can I just yeah, share? Yeah, yeah. I was a stupid kid. Um, I, <laughs> didn't, I, I didn't understand. <laughs> I'm still a stupid kid, right? But uh, I, I didn't understand Roman numerals, right? And so my grandfather had uh, taped the originals on VHS tapes. So they were they were not official copies. They were like, you know, uh, he, he yeah. made them for Every, me. Everyone had those. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, <laughs> I had no sort of concept of 
you know, which one was supposed to be first, second or third. And so like when I was a kid, you know, I just played them in random order because I enjoyed them all. And, and it didn't really make sense to me that the, the Death Star was under construction in this one. But Vader and the Emperor died, and then in the next one it was complete. I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I'm like, Whatever, I like the story. It's not like, yeah, it's, you know, I, I couldn't put it together as a kid, but I was stupid. But anyway, uh, I remember it's all about the my, toys anyway. Yeah, whatever. Um, my Return of the Jedi copy. Uh, you know, my my grandfather had um. I guess not realize that the movie wasn't over yet. And so in the middle of the scene where, uh, you know, the Ewoks are, are, are thinking that uh, 3PO is, is is a god and, and they're not listening to him about, you know, not cooking Han, Luke and, and Leia uh, or, or Han and Luke, I, I guess I should say, uh, the scene where he, he makes, you know, 3PO levitate, that whole like chunk of the movie got cut off because it, it turned into like the news talking about stock or something <laughs> something stupid or whatever snapshot in time <laughs> so like and so for years i never saw that scene wow. like i'm talking well into the early 2000s like i was yeah. very slow to switch from vhs to to dvds like we had vhs pretty late in the game yeah. <laughs> but uh you know and the first time i saw that scene i was like oh my god that's what happened <laughs> <laughs> so it was just it was just funny uh but but yeah i th those were the original you know yub dub copies and and all that well, so it's like yeah be believe it if you will youngins out there because i'm sure that we're followed by many of them uh, i guess that you there was a time that you know you could go years without seeing a complete film there was you know uh, lewis when did uh when did you how many times did you see return of the jedi like and how did you watch it in the subsequent years because i know home media was kind of still touch and go yeah so i mean obviously i, I saw it originally at the cinema my dad took me and we, we we made it quite a special thing we went into london and he took me to one of the big cinemas to see it so you know it was quite an experience uh, for that but after that i couldn't tell you how long until i got a copy but uh, as tyler was saying there was always these dodgy pirate copies knocking around <laughs> out there and you know yeah. and, and, until you could get it you would have it on a vhs as a copy and again similar experience to tyler i had i had a copy that actually started literally you'd put it in and it would play straight away at the point when c3po and r2 are knocking on jabba's um, palace door so oh so you missed and, that whole and so i had that probably until i was in my 20s i, I probably like i was yeah probably like late teens at least wow. until i actually saw a proper version and all of a sudden there was this whole you know vader arrival scene at the beginning of the film which i just it, to me it was like having a special edition because it was like i this was stuff i didn't remember from the cinema when i first oh, saw it oh i was gonna say did you I, have like a serious like mandela effect like yeah it oh was my god weird. i remember yeah. this <laughs> yeah <laughs> i forgot about this uh, and that's the thing it, because you you've watched the, the the copy of it missing so many times i guess you almost erase it from your brain don't you so yeah it kind of made so much more sense when you saw that that's probably the same with you but yeah, yeah so yeah. and I can remember it wasn't a great copy either. It was quite grainy and quite, you know, so I'd watched it to death and, and that would probably apply to all of the films. But I can remember the quality was so bad and it probably got worse every time it I watched it. It gets worse well, every so. single time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was an experience when they finally brought out, you know, when I when I finally got a proper copy, put it that way. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I want to touch on, you know, specific memories. And the thing about Star Wars and something that I've harped on before on this podcast and in life in general where a big thing about Star Wars for me is the emphasis on family, you know, both, you know, your, your, your blood family and found family, your friends, 
I, I, sorry, I just saw Fast and Furious 10, so family's on my mind. Um, <laughs> Can't turn your back on family. But yeah, but we make memories, you know, there's a reason that there's so much staying power here, especially with Star Wars and why we're still talking about it this many years later. Uh, you know, we form these bonds, we form these memories with people throughout life. And for me, and a lot of things, I do have very vivid memories about Star Wars with people that are important to me, both who are still in my life and people who have either drifted in and out of my life or who are who are uh, since passed. So it's it's important. Uh, it's important for me to also cherish those memories with Star Wars. And I was just curious, you know, do you guys have any spe- uh, like particular moments, uh, memories that jump out at you um, from either or both, you know, childhood or with a spe- uh, specific person or even something recent as in your adulthood that's kind of just sparked like a cherished memory that's related to Return of the Jedi? Because uh, uh, answering both of these last two questions, uh, as I mentioned before, I think on probably the May the 4th podcast a couple of years ago, but Star Wars before it was A New Hope, that was my parents' first date in 1977. Yes, yes. So then when the special edition came around 20 years later, they took me and my sisters to go see all three of them in order. And that was the first time I had seen any of them. So I had was brought in through the special edition and through the theatrical re-release. So obviously it's a big family thing uh, in that regard. And then, uh, yeah, just thinking back on some other early memories, like we'll, we'll get into more of that sort of stuff when we come to the figures. But, uh, I remember, yeah, my parents got me like a, a Star Wars is called the Complete Star Wars Trilogy Scrapbook by Mark Cadavaz, which then you would look at the pages and go, oh, my God. Then you'd kind of like explore all the different little alien things um, and just kind of open a whole new world of like, oh, my God, there's so much to explore in here. Or um, in terms of later Return of the Jedi memories in particular, there's a few times where I would watch before Episode 7 came out, all six movies, uh, especially with my mom and sister. We did that a couple times. And uh, like a whole day marathon, <laughs> a whole day marathon. Yeah. And oh my we, gosh. I mean, by the, I did it with a couple other times with friends, I think, but, um, by the end of that, you're just cooked, you're fried, you're done. <laughs> but so maybe you're, you know, you're running on fumes at that point, but especially then return of the Jedi is an emotional experience. It's the emotional finale of the whole thing, um, made even better. I would say by the prequels and setting up Anakin sacrifice and the prophecy and everything ahead of time. So, uh, yeah, I always remember that. Uh, it was always a fun time and just coming to the end of the whole journey with them is always a, a great experience. So, yeah. So at the end of the marathon, uh, you became a force ghost, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we had, ba- we had there's photos of us with just bags under our eyes. Of like... <laughs> you look like Sebastian Shaw just yeah. dying. <laughs> yeah. My eyebrows had gone away for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> to, go, to go back though. It's, so, so the first time you saw Jedi was special edition. Yes. Or... Yeah. So okay. I think I had seen maybe like a little bit of a VHS copy of A New Hope at a friend's house or something like that. But so victory yeah. celebration and what is it? Uh, Jedi rocks are things that you saw before, you know, having Lapty Neck and yeah. Yub Nub in your, you know, locked away in that memory vault. Forever. Definitely. And, and, and then and a Sarlacc with a beak as well. Yeah, you, it wasn't that, just. So that's your Sarlacc, is it? Oh, wasn't dude, that hashtag not my Sarlacc. Yeah, not just the big uh, <laughs> representation of what George was going through with his divorce, um, the man eating something or other. But anyway, um, yeah, and I, well, so my VHS copies were the ones I got for my eighth birthday later that year, which were the the gold yep. Vader face VHS. And like you, like oh, seeing yes. it, seeing it only in full screen for so many years, and then once you finally get the widescreen copy on DVD years later, you're like, oh my god, there's so much more. Yeah, on the picture to like, I can actually read this. The opening crawl is—is is it like as it's happening? 
<laughs> not having to wait for three more lines to pass before you can finally read the first word. Anyway, yeah, starting uh, to get too small to see. It's like, ah. yeah. yeah. So I didn't, I didn't grow up with the Leonard Malton ones. I've seen those VHS versions and I've seen the original versions, of course, since then. But, um, mine had like the behind the scenes thing about the special editions. So I grew up like being really fascinated by, you know, what they were doing, whether or not you agree with the changes, whatever, but like the technology behind them of like, yeah, we're adding CGI characters into this now and like cleaning it up and getting rid of the matte lines and stuff like that. So I've always been pro, uh, I think all the versions should exist for those that want to watch them, but I've always been pro on the pro side of the special edition fence because that's what I grew up with. I, I think sense. the only one that really just bothers me and is like super jarring and, and just genuinely takes me out of the movie is in A New Hope when they're pulling into Moss Eisley and uh, what's what's that giant... Um, like it looks, it looks like a dinosaur. The um, Ronto. The Ronto. Yeah, the Ronto. When the Ronto walks, you know, walks in front yeah. of the screen and it just blocks the entire screen. <laughs> I'm like, what is, why? Like, <laughs> this is so unnecessary. That's the only one where I'm, I'm genuinely like, this has got to go. I, this, I, this cannot be a thing. <laughs> I was more disappointed. I was more disappointed with the changes on A New Hope, actually. I, I think I can probably live with some of the changes that went through perhaps the later films. Um, but yeah, so Jedi, for me, I can watch it and it doesn't ruin it for me at all, you know, the, the, the special editions. But the Sarlacc was always one of those that I just, I kind of like the idea of it just being a big, just big gaping hole. hole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I, and, and again, like you say, John, it's what you grow up with. It's what you know. So yeah, yeah that's just how you accept it, I guess. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, uh, and then every time they update it for the DVD and then the Blu-ray, then the 4K Blu-ray, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Now, okay. Now yeah, the Greedo, changes now, each time. Yeah. Greedo says something else or yeah, adding Hayden. I will say, and going My back buddy. to like, yeah, <laughs> but I do really, I'm, I'm very pro uh, Hayden being in Return of the Jedi. I know that might be controversial or it might I, be exactly what you expect from me, but like, especially watching one, two, three, four, five, six, and then seeing it come full circle and seeing Naboo and Coruscant and, you know, Tatooine Investment again at the end. And then I'm going like, oh my God, like uh, everything he's been through and kind of recentering it is, you know, Anakin's story. And that's, I don't know. It's, and it, I still get emotional uh, when I see that scene. So I have it works to agree with you. I, yeah. uh, I, I, I've told the story before about the Hayden Force ghost where, you know, I, I think I always liked it. I always found it nice that they, that you change it. Cause again, being a child of the prequels where mm-hmm. Anakin is Hayden to me. So when it was Sebastian, it was just kind of like, okay, I guess that makes sense that that old guy is Anakin. But yeah. changing it, I do get it. It's I don't quite try to I don't get lost in the minutia of how the force works because uh, yeah, then you're just going off on an adventure that there's no satisfying conclusion to. Um, <laughs> but telling the story, you know, uh, again, of course, I, I'm a sucker for any story about fathers and sons uh, since my, my dad passed when I was a kid. So I'm always like all into that stuff. Um, but I think about as an adult, you know, when I was first watching uh, the original trilogy, like we, I was watching all the Star Wars films with uh, uh, my my uh, girlfriend, you know, uh, long story short, we're together seven years later. But that was one of the first things we did together was watch uh, all the Star Wars films because she wanted to take an active interest in the thing that uh, monopolized my uh, my brain oh, space. God, <laughs> so, help, God help her. <laughs> and you know what? I And I made the controversial choice. I went prequels first. I did chronological order and she mm-hmm. latched onto those prequels and we got through the original trilogy. And at the end of return of the Jedi, man, like she's, 
she's losing her she's losing her mind crying and then we get to uh the force ghost scene she we already had to pause the movie when uh, vader dies in his redemption had to stop the movie completely and revisit it like an hour later when force ghost anakin shows up because she just weeping just absolutely weeping and that and it was wow. at that moment where i i noticed was like oh dude this does connect it to a new person, this makes sense if you yeah. watch it that way. Like, I yeah. get that. I always didn't mind it, but it was like, wow, that was the intent, and it worked here. So that was nice. It changed. Uh, it softened my opinions a lot. For, for mm -hmm. a newcomer, that makes sense, though, because I think, again, I mean, my kids are not into Star Wars at all, and I think yeah. uh, my eldest has watched A New Hope, and she was a bit like, yeah, it's all right. It's a bit boring. And I kind of like, what? But I think <laughs> I think with kids now they grow Dropping up. You and it's a bit, doorstop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a bit like Tyler was saying earlier. You become ingrained to it. So my kids have never seen it, but they know full well that Vader is Luke's father. They know yeah. that because yeah, it's yeah. just something you grow up with. So for them yeah, to it's sit part of the and cultural watch, lexicon, man. Yeah, yeah. So for them to sit and watch like New Hope, Empire, you know, Return of the Jedi in that order. They don't get that impact quite in the same way because they're just kind of like, yeah, okay, we kind of knew that. I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't hit them. So I guess watching it sequels first and then running through, yeah, okay, you know the outcome, but actually, it's the storytelling that then makes sense, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I can see how that works better actually, and perhaps that's why I don't know. Perhaps that is why the, my kids and their generation struggle to get into the, the original trilogy in a sense is because it's so well known. It's just it doesn't have that impact that it had on perhaps a lot of us who saw it and didn't know what to expect yeah i, I think you got to start them sort of really young before they hear yeah. about it on the on the playground you know at recess yeah. <laughs> yeah. like perhaps yeah, age will. six or seven <laughs> i'm thinking like four or five but <laughs> i wanted know. to ask about the impact lewis so like when you saw return of the jedi how did you feel about like the twist of leia being luke's uh, sister now because i know that was kind of controversial at the time yeah that was i mean I mean, I guess, again, again, you're a kid, but... Coming at it from as a kid, yeah, it didn't... It was actually quite a nice thing, I think, as, you know, when, you, when you're as a kid, it kind of ties it all up quite nicely, and there is that bit where you kind of go, hang on a minute, he kissed her in, yeah. <laughs> in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> but, but no, I, I didn't dislike... I actually, I thought that it rounded off... As a child, I didn't, you know, you don't question things, and sure. I thought that, that, that Jedi rounded off things very well. And, and again, without sequel bashing, you look at the end of the the, the the trilogy and there isn't any loose ends really that I can think of, you know, and again, as a child, there wasn't anything you could think of as a loose end. Whereas, you know, sequels, right. you get to the end and it's like, oh, what about that? What about that? You know? And so I, I think that's where as a trilogy, it worked perfectly. And, and for us, that was it. I mean, you know, back when I was seven, once we'd seen this, that was it. There was no real, you know, there was no story, no rumors of anything else coming later. I think, George yeah. Lucas may have touched on the idea that he had these idea of nine stories, but he always kind of never really, you know, acted on them. So it, it to us, it was just, that was it. It was a little neat bundle of three films. Yeah. Now, since, since you were there, uh, hmm. you know, how do you, how did you feel about the change with Anakin at the end from Sebastian to, uh, to Christian? I, because I think that one, you can explain it. And because it kind of has been, yeah, again, I don't want to say people shoehorning ideas in, but I, to me, I can buy into that. I think it works. I think the idea is that that was when he was good and he's kind of come back. I think that kind of works. Uh, it's a little bit jarring because as a kid, I had an Anakin Skywalker, you know, figure, which is the old man. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and for me, that is 
that's I guess from a figure point of view, that's the bit that that I still cling to in terms of nostalgia, I, I suppose. So I know when people say if we ever saw an Anakin Skywalker ghost figure, you know, it would be great to have two heads. It'd be great to have a head swap because I know me and I know a lot of other generation would like the uh, the Sebastian Shaw version, but. Be honest, I'd, I'd take both versions. You know, I'd quite yeah. happily have both. Well, I like two, been... two separate cards, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah like right, I yes. think I've mentioned like chase yeah. variants or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, you've got forty years of Return of the Jedi. It's been twenty years since they added Hayden into it. Yeah. Like yeah. half the lifespan of that movie. It's that's why. Because yeah, yeah when that's... when I came into it, it was the new Victory Celebration song, but it still had Sebastian Shaw as the ghost. Mm-hmm. And then for the DVDs, seven years after that, yeah. it was Hayden. But but there's a whole generation out there that it's always been Hayden. So, yeah. I mean, I, I always liked the celebration at the end, which they did with a special editions, because I think with the fireworks and where it went round the different, you know, different places, cause on. And, and, and I think that was great because when you looked at the original version, it was just, you know, this celebration on Endor. Yeah. I think it made it feel much bigger. And I think it made it, you know, it, it, again, it put that sort of galaxy, you know, peace kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the impact made of a bit their more victory. sense of it. Yeah, so I yeah. actually liked that change. I think that was a change that I, I really bought into. And, and even the music change didn't bother me, to be fair. In particular, yeah. I like the the scenes of Coruscant where they're, you know, mm. tearing down the statue of Palpatine. I yeah. think that was just really nicely done, personally. But yeah. And they changed that again later to add the Jedi Temple in the Senate. And it's cool to see that stuff, mm. which wasn't added till 2004 also. But So we started with John. I threw something in there, you know, kind of going back to uh, specific, specific memories uh, tied to it. Did Tyler or Lewis, do you guys have anything you wanted to throw in of? I guess I'll jump in. Um, You know, two things. There's one, there's one thing I always go back to, but I'll start with the other thing first. So um, back in the nineties, you know, micro machines was a, was a pretty big thing. At least it was to me. I don't know. I, I loved those things. And um, you know, one of my, favorite things from return of the jedi was uh you know biker scouts and um i remember i had a little micro machines uh you know biker scout on the on the swoop bike and um i don't know why i remember this because it's just one stupid little memory but for some reason this is like a core memory for me (laughs) but uh we had this i had like an island counter in uh you know in in my childhood home and uh we had this this plant up on the counter and um I just remember like zooming my little biker scout, you know, through the, through the plant <laughs> because the, you know, they were the trees on Endor, and, you know, a tiny little, it just, you know, the, 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 the plant stems were so big that it worked for, you know, big mm-hmm. redwood trees. And I don't know, I probably ruined the plant, but uh, I had a great time <laughs> doing it. So screw it. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I always remember that, but um man the 90s 90s were good times but uh you know the other thing i always go back to is the um you know the emperor's arrival and 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 the shuttle and the big formation of troopers which uh spoiler alert was actually mostly a painting but mm-hmm. uh <laughs> yeah i learned that years later and it blew my mind but um <laughs> when i was a kid you know i only had like three of the uh you know power of the force two you know, bulky He-Man stormtroopers. And I, you know, I just, as a kid, I remember thinking to myself, oh no, 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 this just will not do. Uh, someday, someday, Your origin I, will, story. I will recreate that scene with a bunch of stormtroopers. I'm going to have a whole army of them and I'm going to, I'm going to make that scene. And now 
fast forward, you know, 20 plus years and I'm that guy now. So I was going to say literal uh, strangers <laughs> on the internet, know your name and what you collect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thankfully uh, they've moved on a bit from power of the force too, as well. Yeah. 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 Stormtroopers look a yeah. lot better now too. Yeah. So they're, they're actually buff. worth, yeah, yeah, they're, they're worth buying, you know, 200 of them or however many I've bought <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, interesting you say about the biker scout because that was one of my favorite, you know, thing. It probably still is one of my favorite troopers, actually. And again, that oh, yeah. day when I went to see Jedi at the cinema with my dad, one of the things we then did afterwards was went to Hamley's, which is obviously most people know biggest toy store in London. Uh, they sadly don't have many Star Wars figures in there anymore, uh, but back then, mm-hmm. obviously in the eighties, they were you know packed with all of the latest figures out. And I can remember certainly picking up uh, biker scout was one of the figures. And I think the Royal Guard was another one that I picked up. Um, because again, those two just blew me away, um, as characters on the screen. So again, I know Evan, you, you touch on this quite often, but it's that thing of being able to go and see something and then go out and buy something to bring home as that part of that experience. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that was all part of, for me, that, that day and that day out was all part of that experience was going to that toy store afterwards. Oh, definitely. It is such a, mm-hmm. it's, and, and that's, you know, I, and I see this in comment sections all the time on, on various fan sites that that's, that's a key thing that's just like missing these days. Right. Is yeah. where like you see, and I know Evan, you talk about this all the time that it's like a, it's a part of your, you know, it's part of the experience, man. Experience it's part of Star Wars. Or, or being, being a fan, right. Is that like you watch it on screen, whether it's on freaking Disney plus or it's in a movie theater or whatever. And you want to be able to go to the store, like jump in my car as soon as the credits come on and go buy whatever you just saw on the screen. Yeah, like yeah. that's what everybody wants. And so the fact that sometimes we got to wait a year and a half, two years or more to get, it's like, you've missed that. You've and especially that moment yeah. with mm-hmm. kids who a, a year and a half to a six year old, they're then Isn't going to be eternity. seven and a half. Yeah. They will have moved on to many other things yep. by then. Yeah. That's why it's yeah. so critical to capture that enthusiasm in yeah. the moment. So, you know, well, one other thing actually, I've got to mention at that toy store, they also had uh, it was a big thing, but they had Darth Vader there signing autographs. Oh, and, uh, wow. Bearing in mind, I was a seven year old kid. I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So I remember going and asking for his autograph, and this guy signed it, Darth Vader. And I was like, that's not, I wanted David Prowse's autograph. You know, I yeah. genuinely wanted the actor's autograph. And I was like, this guy's just signed Dave Darth Vader. So I, I don't think it was him. I, I, I very much doubt it was him because I know he's always signed his name. Uh, Dave Prowse is Darth Vader. I think he signs it, doesn't yeah. he? Um, so I've never checked to see if it was legitimately him or not. But I just remember being a touch disappointed that, you know, I, mean, I didn't actually want that. You still <laughs> have that one like, other kids. on the card? Uh, no, it wasn't on a card. It was just literally on a piece of paper. I mean, I, oh. I, I had it in a scrapbook somewhere for years. But yeah, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you where it is now, uh, to be honest. Oh, with you. Uh, that's funny. Well, we've touched on the toys and you know what? Let's continue tugging at that thread. But before we do, let's take another quick break and I'll throw another uh, little clip from one of our friends and peers in the community. And when we're back, we'll jump into talking about Return of the Jedi even further, but through the lens of toys, past, present, and future. Hello there. Toys of the Way here. I'm just a simple collector making their way through the galaxy like many before me. You can find me on Instagram where I post a variety of different diorama setups, custom figures, and toy photography. Additionally, you can find me on my YouTube channel, 
Toys of the Way, where I share diorama tutorials, world building ideas, vintage collection reviews, and some action figure posing. Some of my earliest memories regarding Return of the Jedi go back to being a kid and the Kenner figures that I inherited from my older siblings. Little me was lucky enough to inherit lots of great action figures, and as time went on, I started visually connecting the dots as to which figures were in each movie. Not only was this exciting, but it heavily influenced how I would start to interact with these figures. When it comes to Return of the Jedi, I had the Gamorrean Guard, Lando in Disguise, Chief Chirpa, and Logre. Of course, I also had Boba Fett and the Stormtrooper, but this certainly shaped the way I would collect, as I became fascinated with two things, the strange alien mercenaries seen in Jabba's palace, and the epic battle between the Legion of Troops and the band of murder bears on the forest moon of Endor. Star Wars aliens were of course not new to me, as I had seen them in A New Hope, but Jedi brought more screen time in the realization that I physically had one of them, and while I did not have all the stormtroopers or aliens I needed, G.I. Joes and other figures of the time filled the void. Additionally, my home growing up also had perfect hedgerows that allowed my imagination, Ewoks, and Stormtrooper to land on the Endor moon. Unfortunately, I would not have the opportunity to acquire more of these aliens or the numbers for a legion of stormtroopers until the Power of the Force 2 line, and even then I had to rely on my parents to get the figures I wanted. It was during this time that I was able to see the special edition of Return of the Jedi on the big screen, and the combination of scale, emotions, and music during the final battle between Luke and Vader reinforced my need for a Jedi Luke with green lightsaber action figure, which to date is one of my all-time favorites. Today, I am able to collect and world build to my heart's desire, with my wallet keeping me a check, of course, sometimes. I gravitate towards army building, creating environments on my shelves from past and present media, and filling the streets of my spaceport diorama with custom aliens, townspeople, and of course, the latest and greatest vintage collection figures. The releases during the 40th anniversary have continued to fuel my collecting and display habits by allowing me to grow a small fleet of speeder bikes and scout troopers and improve my Endor bunker diorama for my shelf display. I look forward to some of the upcoming aliens and skip guards that will be released in the coming months, who will not only add to my collection, but help create a variety of interesting customs as well. So remember, Dawanawanga, Yubnub, and Keep 375 alive. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's talk a little further about Return of the Jedi in this Return of the Jedi episode. Shocker. Uh, but let's focus on the toys, you know, the toys that made us, the toys that continue to make us, uh, all of that fun stuff. So uh, 40 years to choose from, guys. I know, uh, Tyler, you mentioned, you know, the Biker Scout was something that you loved. Uh, Lewis, you you piggybacked on that as well. And you also mentioned uh, having the Sebastian uh, Power of the Force uh Sebastian Shaw, Anakin. Um, as we jump into the toy segment of that, I do want to actually bring this up uh, related to Anakin. Is I know there was that Power of the Force 2 Anakin that they did. And that, weirdly enough, was a figure that I have a lot of memories of because that version of Anakin didn't really land with me in general. Like It was like, oh yeah, that's young Air, that's Anakin non-Vader. But I ended up using that figure a lot as like a generic stand-in Jedi in my my playtime yeah. and in my uh, toy time with all of that. So I'd find like masks from other figures and all that stuff. So he was a pretty good base base Jedi. Um, and then even as the prequels came along, it was like, oh yeah, this Jedi style body that was fun. So that's why I'm always hyped up on uh, Jedi figures. Has always been my favorite. But yeah, Anakin, man, I Sebastian Shaw Anakin was a huge part of my my toy collecting. So bring them to TVC. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> some of our favorite figures from then. You know, uh, Tyler, would you 
you said plenty about this biker scout. Is there anything else toy wise from Return of the Jedi that sticks out to you? Oh man. Um, I, I think one thing that sticks out to me was the, uh, I think it was called the cinema scene. And that was like a, it was like a three pack of um, Palpatine, Vader and Luke in it. It was the only existing version of, of his uh, throne chair for many, many years. Right. Mm-hmm. If I'm getting my facts straight here. Yep. Uh, John fact check me. Yes, and, the, uh, <laughs> that's the final Jedi duel from 1998. That um, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um that's one that sticks out to me just because that that final duel was just like my favorite you know scene of all of the original trilogy probably um i watched that fight just you know countless times just loved it loved the whole throne room and um you know palpatine coming down and zapping luke and vader doing the right thing at the very end and i just i just love that whole thing so um you know it's it's nice that we've gotten uh, a new version of the of the chair, even if the the room doesn't exist. I'm happy to have <laughs> a new chair now. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yeah, that, I guess that's one that that really sticks out to me from my memories. Lewis, how about you? I mean, well, going back to the Kenner figures, uh, I think uh, that Luke Jedi probably was one of my most played with figures um, by a long way, uh, and I, I think you know again the progression of Luke. And just the outfits, you know, the new a new hope, Luke. It's not a particularly cool looking figure, is it? I mean, he looks like he's wearing his pajamas or whatever he is. You know? <laughs> um, I quite like the Bespin Luke, but yeah, I think that Jedi one. It was the dark, and it, you know, it kind of made him feel a little bit dark. And I think it was that whole, just that look with the glove and everything. I, I think, as far as figures go, that was that was the figure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know, as much as I think. As I said, the Biker Scout, the Emperor's Royal Guard, for me, the Imperials really knocked it with uh, knocked it out of the park with Return of the Jedi because I think that they've really stepped up their game uh, in terms of the different looks. But yeah, yeah I, and I rank that, badges. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, one of the things I also loved again it was the aliens. I mean, uh, just the the whole. Uh, you know it, for me star wars growing up was always about the aliens it was always about getting different characters and different features and different looks and you know we saw that in the cantina early on we didn't get as much of it as in empire and obviously going back to jedi mm-hmm. we kind of was hit with it in a big way and uh what's interesting actually is that people kind of talk about star wars now and they might say about an episode of mandalorian where uh it doesn't have enough you know it, it doesn't have enough familiarity about it it doesn't have the characters that we're used to or the characters that we know well when you think about jedi none of those characters we'd seen really before we hadn't seen clatterinians we hadn't seen you know yak faces or uh you, you name it you know there's very few aliens that probably get carried over from a new hope to return the jedi so it, you know again people sort of talk about those three as being oh that's familiar star wars but actually again you go back in the day and it wasn't familiar star wars at all we'd never seen an ewok you know uh, and I say the imperials even themselves had different outfits so it was actually a vastly different leap in terms of the, the way it looked and so as a kid with, for toys i think it was great because you just had all these new new aliens new characters yeah i wouldn't want to see another hammerhead figure i wouldn't want to see another greedo figure I, you know i wanted to see this new stuff so yeah, for me, that's what it was all about. 
new media has no place in Star Wars. And that includes <laughs> Return of the Jedi. It is new media. <laughs> on, the, on the Cantina Alien point, this last time I saw it a few days ago, uh, I noticed when Han and Luke are being taken to Jabba um, uh, to go be sentenced to the Sarlacc, you can see it, the camera kind of pans by it, and there's like a group of like Cantina aliens that they just reuse the masks. There's a Hanimpha a Duros and an Aqualish all just kind of like huddled together in the back. Like, so the Cantina guys were there, but like way in the back, it's like, you can barely see them. Yeah. I thought, just thought that was funny. Um, Whenever you say a, a star Wars term that I've never heard said out loud before, I feel like yeah. I'm listening to something I'm not supposed to hear. <laughs> and then I have no idea. There's the nineties expanded universe had way too many apostrophes. It's just way confusing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I can speak about this real quick, uh, yeah, yeah. One for me that was uh, really—I I don't remember why—but it blew my mind that it existed. Was the Ewok two-pack of Wicket and Logray um, from the the Freeze Frame era of Power of the Force Two? I just um, when I would go looking for figures uh, with my parents, usually I would go to like Walmart and Target with my mom and Toys R Us, and then uh, my dad and I would go to like comic shops and antique stores around Colorado. There was one in particular. Shout out to Coins, Cards, and Comics in Arvada, um, where. They don't really have figures anymore, sadly, but they did back in the day. And that's where I got a lot. That's where I filled a lot of holes in the collection for a long time. But there's a magazine called Star Wars Galaxy Collector, which was big in 98, 99. There's only eight issues, I guess. But the second one had a, a figure price guide in the back. So that was where I would find out about some of the figures that I, you know, weren't on the back of the other packages or whatever. And I remember my little eight-year-old mind just getting blown because Wicket and Logre exist. I was like, oh my God, they made Ewok figures? Like I had no, I had never heard of these. <laughs> so that became my uh, goal in life to track those down. And I've been tracking stuff down ever since. Um, I also loved the uh, Power of the Force, the Han and Carbonite, where you could clip him in the back and take him out. And uh, yeah, just in general, and watching it this time too, Return of the Jedi. I know people complained about it at the time saying, oh, it's all just for merch, but you know, let's get the merch. But you get all the aliens and creatures from Jabba's palace. Then you get all the awesome new Imperial and rebel trooper designs, the new pilots and the new, you know, guards and everything. And then you get uh, all the indoor stuff with the Ewok. So it's like, and you get the heroes and their desert gear and their forest gear. It's very, uh, toyetic, obviously. So they're, they're still milking it 40 years later, obviously. Well, and obviously, you know, there's, there's a reason that things like Jabba's palace and, um, you know, Endor, those are things that have stood the test of time, especially when it comes to the toys. I mean, that's why there's such a huge focus on Jabba's palace on, you know, the skiff, the skiff and the barge. And then the, the battle of Endor, there's so many things going on and there's so much stuff and so much different stuff that, you know, you either haven't seen since a whole lot, or I don't know, again, just that, that magic of something from when you were younger of like, wow, look at all this stuff. And Oh my God, there's toys of it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, dude, that's uh oh man, Lewis, I can't yeah. imagine and that, uh, well, that, that, that jabber on the dais. So I can remember getting that for whether it was a birthday or Christmas. I can't remember what, but I mean, that uh, was a playset in itself, really, when you think yeah. about, I mean, nowadays, obviously, you know, we know playsets are much bigger and do much more, but you had the little twisty things where you could open up, you know, and it had almost like a little fake dungeon underneath, didn't it? And, you know, again, as a kid, most of my play would have been around that. Uh, yeah. because Jabber himself was was almost like a diorama piece and so yeah I, I think like you say toyetic I, I I can't I don't remember playing with the figures as much from the older films as much as I did Jedi put it that way yeah yeah, yeah uh 
I know so many collectors like Jabba's palace is there. Like that's basically the first 30 minutes of return of the Jedi are basically uh, the entirety of star Wars to some people. Uh, that's fine. Um, you ask them to describe any other thing from star Wars and they're like, I don't care. I don't know what that is. Uh, but you know, with the barge being such a central part of where the vintage collection is right now, um, you know, as they continue to build that out, we've got the skiff guard pack with, you know, Glup one and uh, Velkin Taziri and all of these guys. It, it's, it's cool to see them build out these worlds. Um, and, you know, it's like growing up as well, even in the nineties, early two thousands, you know, my cousin, her, her entire collecting focus essentially was Jabba's palace. That was the thing that she loved the most. Um, you know, when the special editions came out and they did the Jabba's dancers thing with Griotta, Ristal and Lin Mi. Wow. I remember character names. Love it. Um, wow. <laughs> I, re I remember that, like she was so excited. And I remember we found that yeah. at a Toys R Us and she, like those figures and they're all pre-posed. And so you can't really use them in any other way, but oh, wow. Over. kids oh yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I, it's just fun man and um i don't know i don't know but i was thinking about this with with retro and i wanted to get your thoughts on the retro collection stuff Louis, because i know three of us here sorry tyler collect that junk um <laughs> but i was thinking about it where i even though i grew up with power of the force i don't want to see I, I wouldn't want to see, for example, my favorite figure as a child, Jedi Duel Obi-Wan from Phantom Menace. Like that's the figure that all other figures have to compete against in my mind is that one figure that I remember from my childhood. However, next year, I don't want to just see that figure reproduced with the same articulation and put on an episode one card because while that meant a lot to me then, looking at it as an adult, it doesn't have that same hit. But the retro collection stuff of the original, like, you know, the original Kenner look that does speak to me as someone who didn't have it as a kid. And I want that. I love having that. I've always loved that aesthetic. And as someone who grew up with those toys, Lewis, do the retro collection offerings kind of scratch an itch for you? Is there stuff, you know, getting the biker scout, getting the emperor, like having, having those toys again, uh, is that, is that something that it's, brings joy to you? Yeah. It's, it's a strange one for me. I mean, I, I'd always take, super articulated figures these days over anything else um but yeah. the retro stuff i do buy um and actually i do buy them all because i kind of want a complete run but i have got all of my original figures still so i i, I think as a child i had most of them there's, there's a few i didn't have and there's a few i still don't have because i've never kind of gone back and, and bothered to pick them up to be honest because i have always looked forward but one day one day perhaps i will yeah. but certainly the ones that they've, they've brought out for return of the jedi now i've got so it's interesting because I just see them as variations. So in the same way that you may collect a variant, you know, that oh, you've got a biker scout with a short snout or a long snout. And, you know, there's so many versions out there. It's just another variant, really. So I'm quite happy to pick them up for that reason. How did you how did you feel when they announced the barge back in what is that? Was that 2018 when they announced it? Or um, 2019, yeah, 2018 when the line came back. I was because we were obviously in the UK, we really struggled to get hold of it. I was more True. disappointed than anything. It wasn't so much disappointed. It was amazing that it was coming. I wasn't quite sure, um, again, how it worked, actually. A lot of this HasLab, it was a new thing, wasn't it? No one really understood it. And for us, they threw, I think it was about 500 of them on the eBay. It was bizarre. I mean, yeah. they didn't have an eBay page before. They set one up purely for it, and it was just gone, you know. And so, yeah, it was one of those things I missed out on, and I kind of for that point of view was disappointed but equally it's great to see that it, it was done i mean you know one, again it's one of those things that one day i will pick up at the moment i don't have anywhere to put it so there's no point in me going out and buying one but yeah, yeah i will do 
well, you know, Return of the Jedi continues to trailblaze. It did for HasLab and look where we're at now. You know, we had the Razor Crest and then we've got one coming later this year that, uh, ooh, it's spooky that we don't know what it is yet. Um, <laughs> spooky, yes, <laughs> yes. But yeah, man, I don't know. I think so much, especially when it comes to the realm of collecting, can trace its roots back to Return of the Jedi, you know, with with the toy offerings. Of course, Star Wars action figures, three and three quarter inch, the heritage scale beginning, you know, 1978. Um, but I still, I always find myself thinking a lot about Return of the Jedi when I think of the toys, of it being called, you know, toyetic. And so much of the 90s and 2000s offerings were a lot of Return of the Jedi heavy, and we're seeing it again in the vintage collection now. Of course, it's it's nice. It makes sense in the 40th anniversary year, but that's not a given because, you know, look what happened for Empire. We were given uh, mm -hmm. a playset with no figures and a kick in the ass. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. On, um, that, on that point, I, I wanted to point out, like, the lines between, you know, Revenge of the Sith and The Force Awakens, they would always have amazing Return of the Jedi themed waves mm -hmm. back when we did themed waves. Saga Collection, 30th Anniversary Collection, Legacy Collection each had two top to bottom banger waves of Return of the Jedi figures. So many Ewoks, you know, great versions of all the main characters, all these crazy background characters. Um, yeah, you know, growing up, loving Return of the Jedi so much and being on the forums and the websites uh, and before any of these newfangled social medias came about, but uh, just seeing people going like, uh, like kind of looking in the background of Jabba's Palace and looking at the trading cards and seeing what Hasbro could make and then yeah, I remember people wanting the barge for a long time. There was a fan petition for the barge for a while. And then it was just like, how are they ever going to do this? And the fact that they figured out a way that has led to the HasLab and so many other things for not just Star Wars, but other lines, it made a lot of collectors happy. Yeah. It's been awesome to see. So As long as it's not a Rancor yeah. for six inch. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah. It only goes so far, I guess. It's interesting that with, with you know, Boba's throne room coming out soon, um, mm -hmm. how many people are actually going to use it for Jabba's throne room um you know are people really going to use it to put Boba Fett on um no because I, I, what I, else do you put in there exactly yeah. exactly yeah. I guess and I, I guess it's good in the show that there's like nobody ever in that palace in Book of Boba Fett but in Return of the Jedi <laughs> yeah. yeah the party's <laughs> over they all went home after Jabba died I guess but it's great that we're getting they it. Blew up. it yeah, yeah if they can if, if, if it meant sticking that brand on it for us to be able to get it I guess it's a great thing but you know we all know that that Jabba's going to be sitting in there yeah, yeah. I'm going to be, uh, um, if I jump in, super, super blasphemous. Um, and this is <laughs> this is the point where everyone's going to to rage quit on the podcast mm -hmm, or... Uh, I'm here for it, man. You know, stab their, their car dashboard or something in, in a fit of rage. Uh, <laughs> no, listen, uh, nothing you can say is going to make anyone like you or hate you more than they hate me for saying... Yeah, I like The Last Jedi. So <laughs> you're good, man. You can say anything here and still not draw the same ire. I've said a lot of positive things about the special edition. And if they're still listening, you know, they can handle anything at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am, I guess, uh, at least I was, completely different than a lot of people watching uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, you know, I, and I, I think I remember we talked about this maybe a couple of years ago now on the podcast. Um you know, when we were talking about sort of memories and, and what makes us gravitate towards Star Wars. And, you know, obviously I've, I've always gravitated towards the, you know, the military and wars aspect of Star Wars. So the, 
you know, the, the empire, you know, yeah, yes, they're bad guys, but the, the sort of aesthetics just has always really appealed to me and, and, and drawn me in and spoken like a true Palpatine fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, as, as I've, uh, as I've grown older, I've, I've developed an appreciation for all those aliens making star Wars such a huge part of what it is and such a huge part of what makes it iconic and um, immediately recognizable. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm one of those few people who, who has, you know, Java sail barge. And I know that there's a, there's a collecting, uh, you know, like a comic book store. Mo they, they have mostly sports uh, memorabilia in there, you know, trading cards and stuff like that signed pictures and whatnot but they have there's there's one of those stores near me that has uh a barge in their front window and of course it's meant to to draw people into the store but this thing this masterpiece that there's only you know 8800 of in the entire world i know that's not a, the exact number but i'm rounding it off here 8800 of them in the whole world and you've got yours just languishing under intense uv rays all day <laughs> and it just it belongs oh, in a museum just, it makes me cringe i'm like get this out of the sunlight man what are you <laughs> doing you're bleaching the sails and you, oh i just it kills me man but uh, now I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a, a sail barge and I love it. And it's, it's certainly sort of the, the crowning jewel of, of any collection. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, you know, thinking about the, the alien stuff though, Tyler, I do, I do get that where, you know, with return of the Jedi for myself, I, I spoke to my, it was my cousin's favorite thing. And I know multiple people where it is their favorite thing, but as I touched on with the Anakin thing, I've always been drawn to like the Jedi and Sith figures and characters like those were mm -hmm. my thing. Yep. And I think that's yep. the beauty of Jedi because it had all of these things uh, that just offered mm -hmm. a lot of variety for folks. So return of the Jedi is almost like the singular movie that you can get all like the weird things that hit all the all the collector niches of, you know, you've got the mysterious dark siders, you've got this Jedi, you've got, you know, the good guys, the heroes, you got the rebels, you got the Imperials and a bunch of flavors of them. You've got the Ewoks and all of the, the, the aliens from that. It's really cool, man. It's, it's cool to have such a diverse like line of offerings, which I guess leads me to this next point of 100%. the current offerings of you know, what I personally view SWTVC as and what I always try to champion for myself and alongside you guys is to be champions of a line that's able to include all of these things to to hit all of these specific niches uh, of collectors, to hit all of these things of we're getting the Imperials, we're getting the main heroes, we're getting these backgrounds, uh, these backgrounders and stuff and, and, and really pushing for that variety so that we can continue to get that and spark the imaginations. And, you know, ride that on as we all get older and it's like, oh, yes, this thing that I loved as a kid, they're doing it again. Or they're making this thing that I never got to go with the other things I had as a kid. That's rad, dude. So it's it's stuff like Velkin Taziri where it's lost on me when it comes to me personally, like caring about that as a thing on my own specifically. But, yeah. dude, I'm so stoked that they're making it. And I sit there and I'm just like rejoicing with my fellow collectors who specifically did want that thing. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. hundred percent. Yep. If we could rejoice for Similu one day, that would be what I would rejoice sweet, about. But yeah. Sweet, uh, yeah, I think you were getting there, but yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's just kind of, I want to just chat about one thing in these next five minutes that we've got uh, of things that you want to see from Return of the Jedi in the future of the vintage collection, be it, you know, next year or a few years down the road, just sometime before we all hopefully shuffle off this mortal coil. Uh, Lewis, start with you. 
I really want to see some more Rebel Commandos. I desperately want to see a whole decent bunch of those. Um, I, I think, you know, we've got so many good Imperials and we just don't, uh, any of the Rebels, we just don't seem to quite be getting them up to the same standard. And, uh, you know, I want to see some that have got ball-jointed hips and, you know, yeah. ones that we can really be proud of um, in the line. So, yeah, for me, I, I think that, and, and perhaps a few more Ewoks. So you can always take some more Ewoks, can't we? But, uh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. in terms of figures, that's where my, my priorities would be. Good shout-out on the commandos, Lewis. Yeah. Absolutely agree. John, how about you? Uh, well, I'll just say, for some of my wants, you can check out all our posts on the Wishlist Wednesdays this month over at SWTVC on Instagram. Talk about the different Rebel Commando outfits, uh, different Jabba's Pals characters last week, and now we're going to be talking about Rebels and Imperials. The number one want from Return of the Jedi is Sim Alu to finish the 96. Uh, I want Kane Adis, who appears prominently in some of the behind-the-scenes footage talked about him before um i do talking about main characters i think this year's offerings are awesome for return of the jedi it's great to get a new at least updated darth vader and han solo i would like another crack at death star 2 luke with the white flap on his chest um yeah. i know black series is getting one and that actually have never done the indoor the um early indoor dagobah version where he's got sort of his tattooing outfit with the black glove think about it hasbro think about it <laughs> Need a new Ewok Village Leia. And one other weird thing I thought of this most recent time, which I want to see your guys' reaction. Might be insane. Could be a cool card. I'm sort of shocked that no one has done this low-hanging fruit. Could be Darth Vader carrying Luke's green lightsaber. Think about that. Think about that. Mm. It's stuff we already have, but never has been packaged together. The scene where he holds it, and I see you have constructed yeah. a new lightsaber. And even when he's taunting Luke in the film, he's carrying Luke's lightsaber for a second because he was supposed to take it away from Luke as Luke was hiding from him during the duel. Something to throw out there. We already have all the parts and pieces, but it could be a cool card. So think about that. Like think it. about That'd that. That'd be a very cool yeah. card. I like that. Back. Yeah. 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 Down on the platform there. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Tyler? We're, we're sold. Um, for me, I... I I think the biggest thing, um, you know, that I always gravitate towards in, in Return of the Jedi, there's two things. It's the shuttle scene and it's the final duel, right? So the, the, just for me personally. So for me, at some point, I would like to see Hasbro uh, make a HasLab for the Imperial shuttle. I know that John will, will vehemently uh, disagree <laughs> with me on that. But um, I, I would like to see one last crack at it you know it hasn't been updated in, in decades i would like to see you know a, a shuttle of, of today's quality um that, you know can can be landing mode at the proper height and you know have the ramp be able to come down and you know figures actually be able to to be on the ramp and have you know not be too short and you know have, be able to have a squad in the back and you know four figures up front just like in the movie i think it's four right um four seats up front Mm -hmm. in the uh on the cockpit i want to say it's four but um anyway do do all that right in movie accurate and uh you know because it's also been in the mandalorian uh when they when they board gideon's ship it's been in obi-wan when when vader lands and and fights with obi-wan so it continues to be in new media um so i i think that that's one that they could definitely do and and have a successful run on yeah. uh and then the other thing is um i would like to see them put out uh the emperor's throne room um 
you know, with with the windows and the platform and the stairs and, you know, the underneath area where Luke hides and maybe even the cat catwalk up above that could break and come down when when Vader throws his lightsaber at Luke. You know, I'd, I would love to have that full thing. Um, and, you know, you could price it at the the Jabba's throne room sort of price or, or you know, make it a HasLab, whatever you got to do. I just I want to see that done right as more than just a chair in a window. So. That's For more on that, see. listen to any app episode where that comes up in conversation. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to cut back to a couple clips. And then when we come back, we will do a little bit of wrap up and we will then uh, put a bow on this episode. Greetings, Imperial citizens. This is Anthony Sword. Uh, hopefully you know me from my YouTube channel, the Imperial Communique. Uh, I'm also on uh, Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Um, I mainly do uh, stop motion animated uh, action figure and vehicle reviews, uh, three and three quarter inch specifically. And even more specifically, I focus on uh, the Empire from Star Wars. Um, I first saw Return of the Jedi when I was 12 years old, summer of 1983 so when it first came out first run it was at a theater in hazelton pennsylvania called uh, churchill cinema but that's no longer there it's now uh Jum jumbo china buffet um man I, I couldn't wait to see it i had to see the resolution to uh the empire strikes back and uh, it was it was a very bittersweet movie uh you know it was like as far as i knew being 12 years old it was going to be the last Star Wars film they were ever going to make. Uh, so it was sad in that respect, but a very satisfying ending. I mean, Han Solo got rescued, the Rebels won, and uh, and Darth Vader, the the uh, I mean, the most villainous villain, uh, went from being uh, the bad guy to a good guy. He redeemed himself, and as a twelve year old mind blown i mean that was an amazing experience um you know and of course you know i've been collecting the toys since uh 78 so i was excited uh that more were coming out and and they were getting better and better removable helmets i mean that that was great uh and just uh, cool you know and, and cool uh vehicles i mean the shuttle i love the shuttle design and the toy is very cool although I didn't have one. I always played with my neighbors, but, uh, yeah. So it was just an exciting period in my life, but probably one of the more, uh, the most profound effect that return of the Jedi had on me as I was getting older is that, uh, it was around that time I started figuring out that I wanted to work for ILM and make models and do all that cool stuff, uh, to make movies. And it inspired me to become a filmmaker and, uh, you know, and a lot of my colleagues, it was the same way. So, uh, you know, Star Wars in general, but Return of the Jedi, uh, just in terms of uh, the emotional journey that, that that took and how they pushed the envelope with the effects and the toys. It's just, uh, it was a life-changing experience. Kia ora, Star Wars fans. Jason here, or middle-aged Kiwi man collecting Star Wars figures. So really honored today to be asked by SWTVC to contribute to this podcast. I love this podcast. I listen to every episode several times. Fantastic work, guys. I really appreciate all you do on the podcast and for the community. So 
been lucky enough to be asked about what Return of the Jedi means to me. And to me, it's my earliest memories of Star Wars. So I'm not quite old enough to have watched the Star Wars movies, the original trilogy, at the movie theatre, but I do remember when they came out. And I remember because my older cousins got to go and see it at the movies and I was just blown away. Also, Little Stupid Me had a uh, Return of the Jedi colouring-in book, which I loved and I coloured in completely incorrectly. And I remember being just absolutely in awe of my older cousins that coloured it in just wonderfully. And, and one image still sticks in my mind, and that is my cousin did a fantastic colouring-in of Endor Leia in her uh, camouflage poncho. I also remember Return of the Jedi as a young kid because it's the only Star Wars action figure from the Kenner line that I own was from Return of the Jedi, and that is the Endor Luke Skywalker. I still have it today. Unfortunately, in my G.I. Joe phase, I tried to cut off the hat a little bit, so it's a bit wrecked. I've lost all the bits, which is a shame because I'm pretty sure it's one of the last 17 and probably worth a fortune if it was in good condition, but a lot of fun memories with that figure. The other thing I'd say about Return of the Jedi is, and it's just my favorite Star Wars movie. I mean, I love all Star Wars and I love all the Star Wars movies, but there's just something about Return of the Jedi that just combines all the elements that I really love about Star Wars. It's very toyetic, as they would say, very toyetic. There's lots of great scenes with lots of aliens and crazy characters. I mean, it starts off in Jabba's palace, for goodness sake, with all those aliens and dancers and yeah, just incredible visuals. The sail barge, of course, which I don't have. The Haslab sail barge. Please send me one. Yeah, that everything. It has everything. Um, the heroes getting themselves in disguise, infiltrating Jabba's palace, and just, yeah, winning the day, basically. That's the whole sequence in itself. You could watch that. It's like a mini movie, and it's incredible. And then the last, like, almost, I want to say half or two-thirds of the film is just a huge battle fought over three different environments. So you've got the Endor moon, the forest moon, you've got the battle on the Death Star, and then you've got the space battle. And just the way that it cuts between those scenes and you get the highs and the lows across those three environments is just fantastic and sort of replicated a bit in, um, in episode one with that final, final battle there. But overall, I'd say the thing I love about Return of the Jedi is just the way it wraps up our beloved original trilogy and the redemption arc of Darth Vader, and the arcs of lots of characters, really. So Luke goes from a whiny farm boy to this calm, assured Jedi who just won't give in to the dark side, and the symbolism, like, really obvious, you know, he's got the dark gloved hand and the and the ungloved hand, and yeah, Darth Vader's redemption. I mean, as I say to my kids all the time, it's the greatest redemption movie in the world, and it's probably my favorite movie. Um, I've, bab I've babbled on far too long, as usual, but I do appreciate you guys at SWTVC. May the force be with you. Uh, thanks to everyone that does cool stuff in the community for TVC. Uh, happy anniversary, Return of the Jedi. May the force be with you. Kakite and uh, yeah, stay well. All right, gang, we are back for the final part of the show. And before the break, we were just talking about things we wanted to see in the future of TVC when it comes to Return of the Jedi. Obviously, all of our wish lists are very long. Um, 
I just wanted to cap that off by throwing out what I'd like to see. And it was something we've already mentioned in this episode, actually. And it is going back to how I'm a sucker for Jedi characters. I want to see a uh, an Anakin on a Return of the Jedi card. I want to see uh, Sebastian Shaw and Hayden Christensen uh, Anakin's added to the vintage collection, which is probably why the Black Series one also hurt me a little bit once they got those Force ghosts. Um yeah, 2023, 2024 for the Black Series has a lot of stuff that's on my top want list for vintage collection. And it's, um, ouch, you guys. I wish I could join you on the no uh, year title, but <laughs> alas, here we are. <laughs> I'm a simple man. You give me my throne, I shut up. Yeah, you know what? I <laughs> Give me my Mythos Obi-Wan and bring me Ben Solo, and then I will stop doing this podcast. Um, <laughs> John, before we had recorded, uh, you had brought up something yesterday, I think, or the day before, time's flat circle, doesn't matter to me. There was something you did want to talk about uh, pertaining to Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah. It's not not that exciting, not that interesting, but as we've been, you know, talking about skiff guards and getting so deep in the weeds on this stuff, um, I want to say this is not a knock on the film because everyone involved did amazing work, but, you know, 40 years ago, none of them were expecting nerds like us to be picking them apart for 40 years, pausing frame, frame by, by frame, frame by frame in 4K. <laughs> that was not a thing back then. Um, but it has been interesting noting the differences between the exterior shots in California and Arizona and the interior shots in London. Can't say outdoor and indoor because a lot of the indoor shots are outdoor, if you take my meaning. Um, <laughs> like how my favorite one is the fact that the Ewoks that walk with Chewbacca to get into the ATST are different costumes than the ones that are inside the ATST. Um, Hasbro has made the ones inside the ATST. The the lighter one has like white cheeks. That's Whittle, uh, Wicked's brother. And the darker one has visible teeth. Most of them were not articulated masks. So the uh, they are different if you want to notice that. And then the Imperials that run in and out of the uh, indoor bunker are not the same ones that are inside the indoor bunker. It's not even the same costumes. There's a gray suited one that goes in and out and he's never to be seen inside. And then, uh, as we all love uh, Tame Drin, Garen, and Velkin Tazarian stuff, same thing applies. There were all the humans there. I assume they didn't want to use uh, stuntmen in the shots in London where they're just standing around or, sh you know, fly people back and forth. So, yeah, the, the interior palace and barge guys were the same costumes as quote-unquote different characters on the skiffs. I think they're they're probably supposed to be the same thing or they n thought nobody would care. But so that's what, that's how you end up with, uh, you know, Velkin and Nizuk Beck. And then you see another guy wearing the same outfit, uh, under with the Rancor keepers. Maybe that's Weebo Weebo. That's a whole nother thing. We've already talked about it before, but then you cut back and you see Nizuk Beck upstairs and it's like, Oh God. So now we got to make three trading cards for these guys and maybe three figures. Who knows? <laughs> I'm sure they, they switch. Did, didn't you say that, uh, that they switched a the guy who fell in, in the Starlight yes. pit. So yeah, so that's not that's about well, yeah. not about the filming locations, but that's more about the editing. Yeah, the 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 biggest yeah. switcheroo in the movie is that when Luke hits Velkin, everyone's favorite character this year, in the wide shot and he falls off the skiff, it cuts to a medium shot of everyone's other favorite character, unidentified shirtless male. The white guy wearing the same outfit as Fozek. That's unforgivable. That's unfor <laughs> How did Disney let that slide? But seriously, that's you, horrible editing. If YouTube existed in 1983, I'm make a four-hour-long video diary about how much Kathleen Kennedy ruined Return of the Jedi. <laughs> People would have been monetizing this for four decades if YouTube existed back then. Uh, one one other weird thing I did notice about the ATST that we just bought is that I think that's the only full-scale, full-size one that they built, and you see it. At the beginning of the indoor bunker battle, you see the guy standing in it, Leia shoots him. He either falls out or falls in. 
somehow, and then you see it walk away as a miniature. So somehow, uh, Newland <laughs> and Blenade, aka the director and the producer, uh, Marquand and Watts, get in there. I, I don't know how the rebels allowed them to climb in there. And then they walk away. They're the ones that Chewie and the mysterious changing Ewoks get in. Uh, and then they come back and to the exact same spots. Once it becomes a full-size prop again, it's in the exact same spot where it started, which I just think is funny because they were just like, we're not moving this thing. They leave it, they move it, and they bring it back, park it exactly where it was. This is one of those production <laughs> things. You're like, oh, the, the easiest possible route. So there's some of the wacky things I've noticed recently looking at so it way too closely. STs that, you know, tripped on the logs and got smashed and all that, those were all like stop-motion little models. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So and there's also the one where where Chewie gets in the ATST where it suddenly stops having a herky jerky motion and it's just like completely flat, which I think was on either like a truck or a a, a cherry picker or something. That might be the other <laughs> full scale one. I don't know if it's the same. I'm assuming it's a different prop, but yeah, just pretty wild to see how they do. Obviously, great job when you're watching the movie. You don't ever think about this stuff, but when you looking for action figures to vote for in March Madness. This is where we end up. <laughs> uh, well, you know, do you guys have a particular moment from Return of the Jedi, a particular scene that's your absolute favorite? Um, I'll go ahead and lead it off just for, for example, for me, uh, it definitely is the climax of the lightsaber battle where like the, the choir comes in and Luke just kind of unleashes uh, a Jedi's fury or whatever mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. on Vader. Like, I love that. I just love that whole, I mean, I love that whole scene. I love that whole uh, series of scenes, that whole sequence, that whole set. Uh, but that just that moment, I think about it quite frequently. And whenever I think about return of the Jedi, it's top of mind. So uh, Tyler, for you, do you have a favorite moment or scene from return of the Jedi? Uh, yeah, it's, it's all of that. And it's also like, I, like I always say, you know, the, uh, the emperor's arrival scene, because it just, I don't know, there, there's something just so sh- visually striking about that scene. That's always stuck with me. That that's always just been such an impressive scene and that imprinted on my memory for some reason. Because um, of, because of Simulu. Yes, naturally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John, how about you? No, yeah, that scene. And one of the older interviews I watched with George, it's like how the movie starts out kind of tan and brown and then Endor is kind of, you know, green and brown, but then the Imperial stuff is always stark black and white. And then you get the flashes of red and stuff like that. Um, So it's very stark and interesting. Um, I love it all, but my favorite would also have to be, it's got to be the Emperor, Luke, Vader stuff. It's just when Luke makes the choice to throw away the lightsaber, when he realizes he's about to uh, become Vader, and he yeah. has to throw away the lightsaber uh, and sacrifice himself. And then when Anakin comes back, the return of the Jedi, when Anakin comes back and uh, destroys Palpatine for now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my favorite stuff. Yeah, it's so good. Lewis? Great. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree that that, that, that final duel is is probably the, the, the best scene. But I will give a, a sort of honorable mention for me is, is the Rancor scene. Um, mm-hmm. and, and again, just going back to my childhood, I think in A New Hope, we didn't really see too many large creatures. You know, you got a dew back a, a long way in the distance. It didn't really do a lot. And even as a kid, that, that amazed me, actually, just seeing that big creature like that. Uh, obviously, in Empire, we, we saw a Wampa. But again, forgetting the special edition stuff, you didn't see a lot of it in the original film. Uh, obviously, you had the Space Slug, which, again, was that kind of hand puppet. Um, but But to actually see... You know, the, the Rancor, which was like this kind of big moving creature. And again, it, it sort of took me back to growing up with those, you know, Jason and the Argonauts kind of those those sort of films where you saw those stop motion big creatures. 
And I think mm-hmm. for me, that's where, again, as a child, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi just stepped up its game that little bit more because it gave you those things that it didn't give you in the previous films. Did you have the Kenner one as a kid? No, I didn't actually. No, no. It was, uh, strangely enough, I, I never managed to pick that one up. I don't know why. I still don't have one to this day. I'm a, I'm a fake fan. What? But what? <laughs> I've got a better one. Yeah. All right. Well, you've heard a lot from us uh, this week. We did put out a call on at SWTVC on Instagram for you, the listeners, our community to share your stories about Return of the Jedi. I don't have time to read them all right now. However, throughout the year, I will be reading these on the podcast as we go. So every episode this year will have some of these. If you submitted one, it will happen. Um, And also just if you're listening to this and haven't told us your little Return of the Jedi story, go for it, man. Let us know and we'll try to get it into the pod. I'm just going to read a couple of these right now. Um, Some from some familiar names here. Uh, One is from Wampa Baloma. Is that do I I feel like I say that wrong every time. You got to correct this time. Okay, this time. Great. Uh, All right. Also known as uh, Aqualish Dogs on the the forums. I'm pretty sure. I can't keep everybody straight. Could it be a different actor wearing the same costume and a different look? (laughs) We need two figures, two stories. Uh, He says, uh, as an impressionable eight-year-old, I remember being blown away watching this in the theaters. The Battle of Carcoon is still my favorite sequence in all the movies, and the action felt relentless from space battles, speeder bike chases, and lightsaber duels. But it was the cornucopia of aliens and weirdos that made action figure collecting so exciting in 1983. And the concept heroes in disguise, or the concept of heroes in disguise, Lando and Leia as Bausch were real standout figures for me mm. as I created my job as palace out of styrofoam and cardboard. Hard to believe that in a few months, that dream palace of my childhood will be arriving from Hasbro Pulse. And my wonderful mom flew overseas to source my Christmas gift, a Millennium Falcon that was sold out everywhere. Oh, that's fun. Wow. Love it. Uh, Another one from, oh, hey, uh, the 14th brother. Hey, man. Um, My father and I had very little in common. He was a diesel mechanic and his hobbies included fast cars and dirt bikes. Neither appealed to me, but we did share a love for Star Wars. He took me to see A New Hope when I was four, a year before Empire's release. By the time Return of the Jedi hit theaters, a tradition had been established and both dad and I were looking forward to opening night. After the film, we were both buzzing and chatted about our favorite bits on the way home. He loved the speeder bikes. Later that night when I was supposed to be sleeping, I heard my 32-year-old father excitedly telling my disinterested mother the plot of the film, complete with (laughs) a speeder bike and sound effects. My father passed away unexpectedly not long thereafter. Our outing to see Return of the Jedi is the last happy memory I have of my dad before his passing, so the film holds a special place in my heart. He was a man of strong faith, and I like to think of him zipping around his vision of heaven on a speeder bike. That wow. is a sweet story, man. That's really uh, nice. It's hard to read these and not get choked up. It's <laughs> it's good, man. Yeah. Um, Galactic Photography 66 writes, uh, wasn't born until 2000, but Star Wars was always my favorite, uh, especially Jedi. Once I had gotten to be old enough to play with the vintage collection figures, I was fully enthralled. At the time, I didn't have a Jabba's palace, so I improvised. I used an 83 Jabba and the throne in a TMNT sewer set. It was my palace. I still have that set and that Jabba. Love them both. Awesome. All right. I'm going to read one more of these. Uh, REI Joe Archive. I'm so sorry if I get these wrongs, uh, get these names wrong. Uh, Reading usernames is difficult. Um, Seeing Jedi is my first movie memory. I was four years old. We were living in California at the time. I feel like my dad somehow got tickets for a very early screening. I remember being in the car, uh, pulling away from my mom and baby sister. 
I remember the poster on the lo- or in the lobby and the seats we sat in, but I've seen it so many times since then, I don't remember the actual movie. Uh, I wore a baseball tee with the three quarter inch sleeves that had Luke and Vader on the chest. My kindergartner now wears it 40 years later. Oh my my dad was the one who made me a Star Wars fan. I still have every Kenner figure he ever got me as a kid, which was most of them. I will treasure them always. You know, these are fun memories, man. I, I, I love this kind of stuff, and I can't wait to go as the year goes on to get through more of these. Um, like I said, get a little misty eyed as we do it. Um, we all have thoughts on the film. We all sit here 40 years later. Uh, I want to go around the circle and have, how do you feel about Jedi? Where does it sit in your ranking of Star Wars? Have your opinions on it changed throughout the years? Uh, Tyler, start with you. Um, Jedi is one of my, one of my favorites um, for a long time because of the, uh, the final duel. Um, you know, I, I would say that it was tied for my favorite with Revenge of the Sith. Um and Empire Strikes Back is a very, very close second place because, you know, everybody knows Empire is the best Star Wars movie, right? I know, <laughs> I know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I've, I've developed um, over the years sort of more of a love for the rest of the movie, right? Like, you know, when, when I was a kid, I always thought the Ewoks were stupid and uh, – <laughs> You know, how could they take down the empire? And a certain piece of me is, is still that way, but uh, they're charming now, you know? So um, I've, I've always loved the movie, but I think I, I have a more of a love for the, the whole entirety of the movie now, as opposed to just not just the last, like, you know, 30, mo- 30 minutes of the movie on, on Endor and then the space battle in the throne room and all that stuff. Um, so it's it's definitely grown on me over the years and uh still holds up. It's an older it's an older code, but it checks out. So. <laughs> oh man. Lewis, how about you, man? Yeah, I think I mean, again, going back to being a child, it was probably my favorite one as a child. Um, you know, again, day with the toys I played with, that was probably the Luke I would always think of. You know, that would have been, you, you had the Emperor in it. So you had Jabba. You, you, all these people that they spoke about a lot in the early films finally t- showed up, didn't they? So it was kind of, say, like a, a rounding off of, of the, the trilogy. Yeah. Um, I, I think as I got older, um, probably not till I was in my 20s, I, I was never a big fan of Empire as a kid. I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. I, it was slow. It was slow going. And, and I think when I got into my 20s, I actually it was almost like an awakening when I watched Empire and actually thought, you know what? I really like this film. I really, you know, and it grew on me. And so I have to say, as much as like Tyler jokes about it, Empire is my favorite and it's still, you know, it still is. So I, so Jedi has dropped down the ranking slightly, but I mean, the, the, the original trilogy are my three favorites still. And again, more so just because I grew up with them and that is, you know, will always be my Star Wars, if you like. Um, but yeah, so it's probably my third favorite now because I think New Hope probably just goes in before it. But yeah, I still love it as a film. It's great. John? Yeah, I mean, I love them all, but uh, it was my first it goes favorite. Saying, yeah, yeah it, was, it was my first favorite uh, back in the day. And then the prequels kind of pulled focus for a while. Um, it's not my favorite of the original trilogy. That goes to A New Hope for me, actually. It's just the one that wow. I give the most props to. It started it all. The plot, the way that it, you follow everything is just amazing. Um, uh, you know, just introduced the entire world and it, we owe a huge debt to it. Um, Return of the Jedi, Empire and Return of the Jedi that kept, you know, expanding and expanding the scope of the galaxy, prequels even more so. Um, so I have on my letterbox ranking, it's, I have Return of the Jedi seventh out of the 11 movies 
And uh, I don't want to make anybody too mad and read the whole list, but uh, oh, man, yeah. Josh, fired. <laughs> thanks for taking the heat, John. Because uh, I'm not going to say where it places in my rank. <laughs> I mean, I love it. The emotion, the emotional beats, all still hit for me. Uh, you know, love all the designs. The the most, I think it's the most fun probably of the original trilogy, and I think it has you know, yeah, just it, the fact that it builds on a new hope and empire and has all that great stuff, but it also adds so many awesome more new designs makes it it's it's one of my favorites to get figures from i'll i'll, I'll put it that way well hasbro seems happy to oblige yes so. <laughs> you know for me uh i i it's my least favorite of the original trilogy i i think uh, empire and a new hope i prefer to it but as a kid uh i do remember empire or uh, i remember jedi being the one that i was most drawn to putting on when i wanted to watch a star wars um interesting but yeah i think yeah, I, I think now as an adult, I, and as John said, I love them all. Like I genuinely, I genuinely love all of these films. I, I genuinely love them. I could watch any of them any day. They make me so happy and bring me immense joy and all have very specific memories attached to them, emotional beats that resonate with me, even, even the bad ones. Uh, I, I, I just want to preface it with that. Jedi is my least favorite of the original trilogy. I love it dearly. I think it's probably in my top five Star Wars films. Again, for sake of not drawing too much ire, I'm not going to say <laughs> what ranks above it. <laughs> um, at least a couple of them. But yeah, dude, I my opinions have changed on the film through life. Of course, being a kid, loving it, uh, being in that prequel phase of just like, dude, the prequels are the best. You can't beat that. Uh, being in that edgelord teenager 20 years, just like the prequels are trash and it's all about the OT and just kind of settling into where I'm at today where it's like, dang, dude, Return of the Jedi is just a meaningful piece of cinema to me. And I love it. And I, I it, it holds up, stands the test of time. I, I, here's to 40 more years of, of Jedi. Hopefully, hopefully I don't have to do 40 more years of life, but yeah. <laughs> hopefully we don't have to wait till ROTJ 80 to get Similu for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, yeah, we're on track. We're yeah. on track. So. But yeah, I think, um, is there anything else that you guys wanted to touch on or is that kind of a good place to sort of leave things? Yeah. Uh, one more figure I got to see is Return of the Jedi cross-eyed Yoda. When they pulled, yes. that's, that's another great yeah. one. So anyway. Yeah. Bring us with some force or hit us with some force ghosts Hasbro as well. All right. Uh, I'm going to throw to another clip from another one of our, uh, uh, well, actually I'm going to throw to a clip from a very special guest on the show and uh, I will let her speak for herself. And when we come back, we will sign off. Hey everybody. All right. So what did return of the Jedi mean to me? So watching the original trilogy, you're really watching that hero's journey of Luke Skywalker. And one of the things I loved as a kid about Return of the Jedi is that's the moment where he's come into his full power as a Jedi Knight. And you really see in that movie what it means to be a Jedi Knight. He is so different from other action heroes of the time. Luke Skywalker as a Jedi Knight was just calm, confident you know, has a plan, and then, you know, at the end of the movie shows that mercy. So I think it's just amazing to see Luke in that full form and the way that that inspired what it means to be a Jedi and all of the other shows and movies um, was just amazing and definitely impressive as a kid. So, um, and I feel like as well, I can't go without mentioning how cool the aliens are in Return of the Jedi. All the alien species that you see in, in Jabba's palace and Jabba's sail barge are so incredible. It was actually 
awesome to see them on the big screen in the theaters recently. And um, I just love the way that modern shows and movies are using those same species. It does make Star Wars feel like one big connected story and universe. Um, it's just fantastic to see more of those, you know, Quatuminians and Twi'lek and everything uh, continue to be in their shows. So um, Return of the Jedi is just a fantastic journey. It's the fantastic end of the original trilogy. Um, certainly impactful for me as a kid and definitely why I keep collecting. Uh, happy 40th anniversary, everybody. Thank you so much, Emily, for submitting that clip to us. It means a lot. It's comforting to know that there's fans on the Hasbro team and people care and we appreciate all that you do. So thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for all sitting down to chat and gab about Return of the Jedi. It's been fun. I'll see you guys in 40 more years for the next one, although <laughs> we've got plenty of an anniversaries for films coming up <laughs> for the SWTVC podcast. I'm Evan, as always. Keep 375 alive, balance the scales, Hasbro, finish the 96, and may the force be with you. Mm -hmm.